Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. America. This is Billy Jones, author and creator of Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the show Sunday, 2017. Actually, let me correct that. Today is May 7th, <laughs> 2017. I'm so delighted to be back. It's been a couple of months since I've been away due to personal matters and personal matters. But today, I'm back with an exciting guest. If at any time you'd like to speak to me during this live broadcast, you're welcome to speak to me by calling 347-39-5372. Again, that call-in line is 347-39-5372. And if you're shy and you prefer to send in your emailed comments, questions, or requests, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that email address is everydayfolks, with an S, listen, at gmail.com. It's been two months since I've been here, and there have been amazing developments in the folks' world. The most obvious one is the development of the next installation of the book. This summer, I promise to be done with it. I have tons of work to do and final edits on the work. And I will be releasing a story or two through my webpage at billypauljones.com for you to get a little peek of what's coming up in the second installation. Your feedback and support are appreciated. As well, I'd like to take a special thank, make a special thank you, rather, to my dear colleague, Zarina Frey. Back on March 30th at Broward College, she was the guest speaker for our third annual Festival of Music, Film, Literature, and Art and she wowed the students. To receive footage of that particular function or event, please visit my page, my social media page at billyjones.com. You can also see clips of it on our, my Instagram page and above all at billypaufjones.com. Lastly, I'd like to announce that this summer, for those of you who reside in the South Florida area, I will be giving a book talk in, on August 19th at a location to be announced, because we're still working on it. In my June show segment, I will be announcing officially the location and time of that particular event. But I will assure you, it will be here in South Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, and more to come. There may be RSVP to ensure quality audience, because we do want a quality audience. We want to maintain size. So once that information comes out, do sign up early. And lastly, it's summer. It's also Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to all, which is next week, but I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, both biological and all those, also those who support mothers or serve in a motherly capacity in other ways with individuals. And to those mothers, both 
not only present, but also this month is a tribute to you. And so each of the guests who I'm inviting are just special, extraordinary individuals. Not all may be mothers, but they're incredible individuals who speak to the human condition. And one of those individuals is with me today. I'm very pleased to introduce my dear colleague, and I'll read her bio. The bio that is placed on blog radio is pretty lengthy, but I have more here that I'd like to add that we that I think is important to include about her fabulous background. Zoraida Ziggy Pastor, we call her Ziggy, has been writing poetry since 13. Her immigrant mother sent her to spend countless afternoons in a library that was conveniently located across from her middle school. While completing her bachelor's degree, she was part of the Everglades Wilderness Writing Expedition that took local aspiring writers to learn about Everglades National Park. She was led by rangers for a month-long exploration to the Everglades. She hiked, biked, slogged through the slogged through Grassy River, all the while writing and recording. This experience was the catalyst to work, a reflection of nature and what nature can give us. This collection of poems gently asks the reader to look within at the thoughts and feelings nature provokes or evokes. It, all, it is also a call to awareness of the importance of, that, of nature places and the need to preserve them. Very important. Ziggy, like many naturalists, believes that nature and wild places preserve our sanity and well-being. Her work is a type of ecosystem of how our nature places are dwindling. It also ruminates on art and daily life as sources of imagination and inspiration. Ziggy's poems on the Everglades were exhibited in the Ernest F. Coe Visitor Center. And I hope many of you will get out and visit if you're here in South Florida. Ziggy is an active member of the South Florida Writers Association, where her poems have been published. She is also a member of the Florida State Poets Association, Miami chapter. She is a Masters of Fine Arts and Poetry candidate at Converse College. Congrats, my friend. And she lives in Miami, Florida. Ziggy is the author of the upcoming book, Poems, Particles of Light. It is a privilege to have you on the show here. Welcome, my friend, Ziggy. How are you today? Hi, Billy. It's good to be here. Doing well. How about you? I'm excited because this conversation is all about you. <laughs> about you, Ziggy. Now, I'd like to share this. We'll start here. About a year ago, you and I connected through South Florida Writers Association. Yes, and we did. That's our meeting point. Yep. We, we sat right next to each other. And actually, it was yeah. so interesting. We, you came in, you sat right next to me, and we connected. And so I'm very delighted to, to have you here for a couple of reasons. One, because you're a phenomenal writer. And it's important that the world knows who you are and to support you. So all listeners, do follow her. We'll give you that information and provide it on my webpage as well, how you can stay in touch with her. But also, it's a great time for me to get to have a, a conversation with you about your incredible story, who you are as a writer, where you're going as a writer, and what inspires you to be a writer. And so I'd like to start there. You were born here in Miami as well as I, but when did you first discover you enjoyed writing? Well, for me, it really was an accidental journey. 
Um, I was kind of the little girl that was left in the library who became a poet. I had the fortunate luck of being right across the street from the library. From I went to Shenandoah Middle School. I'm a Miami high grad. I'm, I'm as Miami as it gets. I live in Little Havana. <laughs> and, you know, growing up, I, I'm a little, I'm 27, but growing up, you know, when, when I was 12, we didn't have this big surge in Internet and all of that. So most what? homes still didn't have Internet. So, mm-hmm. you know, my teachers would say, hey, you have to do this assignment. And I'm like, but I don't have a computer. So I would tell my mom and she would allow me to stay in the library once a week and then once a week turn into every day. And every day I had something, I gave myself tasks. I don't mm-hmm. do well being bored. So I eventually started exploring the bookshelves. I learned the Dewey Decimal System. I read everything from Emerson to Emily Dickinson. I actually fell in love with Emily Dickinson and her poetry. I mm-hmm. wanted to be like her. I started getting clothes and dressing like her, and I started imitating her poems. And if I may, I'd like to share one of my favorite poems of hers that really inspired me. I, I would love. Me. Okay, I have it here. It's called, well, she doesn't title her poems. Right. But it's uh, number 288. I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They'd advertise, you know. How dreary to be somebody. How public like a frog. To tell one's name the live long June to an admiring bog. And reading that when you're like 12 years old, you're you're an awkward kid, right? And you're like, man, she, she really gets me. That's That's kind of how that started my writing journey. And I'm glad you brought up Emily Dickinson because even as a professor, I love choosing her work. Um, I heard a fly buzz when I died. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not stop for death. And when, when my students read her work, they're so caught up, especially in the ones that I just mentioned. It's easy for them to get caught up in the darker side of her themes and her purpose. But there's so much more, and her storyline is just as fascinating. So I appreciate your mentioning that because it actually relates to your writing style. So you're influenced, you're influenced by Dickinson's um, writing style. What would you describe is your style? Um, when you write, you, you kind of go through like these roller coasters, and I was on her roller coaster ride for many years. And then I kind of needed something else to give me uh, influence, and then that's when I went back to the shelves. You know, I found Whitman. Um, I took a course at FIU with my professor, Denise Duhamel, mm-hmm. who introduced me to Mary Oliver and, again, fell in love with her. And I think if I were to describe my writing style, it would be Whitman-esque, Mary Oliver-esque in the reflection on nature, in, in, in stream of consciousness. I don't rhyme. I, I don't do villanelle sonnets. I see those. I don't do pantoums either, mm-hmm. and I run for the hills. Because my writing, and I admire writers who rhyme, who can write in these, you know, these tight, constrained styles of writing. I'm not that kind of writer. I'm more of a stream of consciousness, free verse kind of writer. And I just, I feel constricted, and I lose my inspiration in, mm. in the rhythm. 
I need to be free, I guess. Yes. I, I understand where you're at. And I, and I feel that that's so, it therefore makes sense. Your interest in nature and writing about nature, it, what you just described, it's also the essence of nature. Nature is meant to be free. It's, it's unrehearsed, even though there is a cycle of life within it. But there are these unexpected beauties and, and uncertainties of it, and also actualities in, in, in other aspects that just make it what it is. And we are part of that nature, but we're just one speck of what nature is truly about. And so it's nice to see how your writing connects to that theme. I, I, my question to you is, what got you on, this, on the interest of nature? And, and I know that you, you, you mentioned, and I read some of it in your bio, where you were very fast with outdoors, but what made you start writing about it? Well, that, that was an interesting past because, you know, I wrote in middle school, wrote a little bit in high school, and then mm-hmm. I got, you know, I started college, and I didn't really have a lot of free time. Um, and there, I found out about this poetry prize. It's called the Ruth Lily mm-hmm. and Dorothy Rosenberg. I'm sure I'm messing up their names, but it's <laughs> a poetry prize that it's for 18 to 31 year old poets, and you get like twenty five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I could really use that money. So I really got motivated into starting writing my poems and putting together the the, the seven page poems that they were requesting. That's one of the requirements that they, they asked for about seven pages of poems. And I've written like three to four pages and they were all love poems. And I was mm. like, well, I'm kind of out of gas and out of inspiration. So, mm. well, I, I mean, it's funny how things just come to you. God's hand, I found a flyer in one of the very boring journalism meetings Mm-hmm. Uh, laying on the ground and it said Everglades Wilderness Writing Expedition. Write about the Everglades. Learn about the Everglades. Bingo. I think I'm going to apply for this. I thought, I'm not going to get it, but hey, I'm going to give it a crack and maybe I'll get some good poems to submit to the, the contest. And that's really the Everglades Wilderness Writing Expedition was the Pandora mm-hmm. Pandora's box for my, my future work. But a Pandora's box in a positive way, okay. I spend a whole month learning about what I can take and having wonderful epiphanies. There were moments that we would climb up hills and whatnot, and I would stop in the middle of my climb and be like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Mm-hmm. It's like those, like those wonderful experiences of reflection that nature gives you. The uh, John Muir, he writes that you're going home to wilderness to lose my mind and find my soul. And that's kind of what put me on a path of writing and learning about it. Because the Everglades, it was, we learned everything about the Everglades. And mm-hmm. it's complicated history. Like, it was pivotal during the Cuban Missile Crisis. It was our first point of defense. It was hated by the early settlers in the 1800s. We had the Seminole Wars fought here. You know, we had escaped slaves heading to the Everglades. We had the early Gladesmen. And I got to visit all those sites. I got to spend ten, four days uh, canoeing in the backcountry of the Everglades and going mm-hmm. into the little islands where these people lived. People actually lived in the Everglades. Yes, and I they did. I walked to them. I got to see their graves. 
I got to see what's left of their houses. I got to be attacked by the same kind of mosquitoes that they were attacked by and no CMs and I and I really got to fall in love with the place and to fall in love with what the place gives me and then I wanted to show that in my writing to take the reader on kind of like hey this is what I'm seeing this is what you can get and let's save this place it's our drinking water it's so important right you know and mm. I, I love your story Biggie your story is a classic story that reminds us again and again if people aren't bringing, uh, raising their consciousness of this incredible understanding of nature, then who will? And, and so many writers, there are many writers who I come across who want to write about a number of fascinating topics, but very few are focused, and I include myself in this category, by the way, who are not as focused on nature. When I talk about nature, I'm usually associating it with some other um, abstract concepts. So, therefore, I'm, I'm acknowledging it in that way. But what you do is pay homage to nature, which I think is beautiful. For those of you who are listening to the show today, I am here with the amazing Zoraida Ziggy Pastor, author and poet. And if you'd like to speak to her and me during our live broadcast, you may do so at 347-539-5372. Or you may email us your questions, comments, or requests at everydayfolklisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolklisten at gmail.com. Biggie, I have to tell you, you are, you're, you're blowing up the lines here in my inbox. So I'm going to read a couple. Oh, wow. And these questions are really good. So I'm going to read them slowly. If you need me to repeat them, let me know, okay? Okay. This first question is from Donald, who resides right here, Ziggy, in Miami, Florida. Thank you for listening, Donald. He asks the following, Ziggy, I want to write more about nature, but I feel that I should know more before I do it. Should I take a class or join a group? Any suggestions are appreciated. I think that's, that's an excellent question. I really, my answer to you, it's great to join a group. It's great to be part of a community. So I encourage that. But your number one goal is to get out there. You don't have to go three hours to some place. You can find nature all around you. Um, nature is in the dog park near your neighborhood. It's in the garden right outside your door. You need is your eyes, a notebook, and a pen. And then just allow yourself to be surrounded by nature. Um, there's some interesting books. Um, I have one that I read. It's called Nature. And I'm blanking, it's called Nature, and I'm blanking out on the author's last name, and I can look it up if I get a chance before we head out. Um, he's a wonderful author, but I really think that your nature work starts with just getting out there. I also recommend that you read um, Annie Dillard, and mm, it's called Pilgrim's Creek. Yes, and she, her, she's, she's a housewife, and she mm-hmm. lives in a pond, and she's like, I explore nature every day. You, you are already in nature. You just are not so aware of it, you know. Oftentimes when I walk my dog, I'm surrounded. I, I live in a very urbanized neighborhood. I have very limited green spaces. I often have to drive to some parks, and it's wonderful. Because even when I'm out there, I'm paying attention to the trees, I'm watching the birds, and, and I'm trying to say, okay, 
what's this tree? Oh, it's a mango tree. And what's on the mango mm-hmm. tree? Look at that mockingbird. Look at that blue jay. The other day I saw a woodpecker in, in Little Havana, of all places. Really? Wow. A woodpecker, um, a red-bellied woodpecker. Um, and if you like, we can probably set a group together uh, and be like a community. Us, me, you, Billy. I'm bringing Billy. <laughs> Of course, you know I'm there. You know I'm always on Team Ziggy. And I share with you, I, I think it was a great advice. Uh, Donald, I ditto and associate all my comments with Ziggy. You live here in Miami, Florida, right, Ziggy? Oh, you don't have to go I very do. far from nature. I think that's the disadvantage. So the key is to get out and explore. And what you may not know, it's okay. And, that, and I see what you've done, Ziggy, which I think is very exemplary. And that is you've decided I'm going to know about nature. I got a, you're fascinated about a particular niche of nature. You decided to take a tour and go in a group to learn more from an expert, which is all great. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I also I, shared Donald. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ziggy. You going to say something? No, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. I'm cutting you off. I'm so sorry. No, please. By all means, this is your conversation. I'd love to hear it. No, no, no. I was just very interested because I think we could – out of this conversation, Billy, I think it would be great if we could get, like, a group of folks just meet somewhere, anywhere in Miami. We could do a nature walk, a hike, and maybe get, like, a little writing session out of that if you'd be down to get down the contact information, Billy. And if you guys yeah. would be willing to share, um, we could just meet up somewhere and do a little our own personal exploration. And I'll be more than happy to volunteer my time. I think that is an excellent idea. You heard it right here, folks, right here in Everyday Folks. The amazing Ziggy Pastor is offering the opportunity for any of you who are listening, regardless where you are, but especially if you're here right here in our hometown, if you'd like to be part of our, our nature group and uh, in writing about nature and doing a creative hour of your time in nature, shoot me an email to everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That includes you, Donald. Please make sure you hit us up. So that way we're able to form a group. And it doesn't matter if you're, if you're a writing enthusiast to a starting or an upcoming writer. We welcome all. I think it's a great offering. And I thank you so much, Biggie, for taking the lead with that. That's a great opportunity. I want to right thank Donald for yes, bringing Donald. that up. I, I, really, I think that was an excellent question. And I think, you know, it took somebody to point this out to me that I don't have to go. And my significant other was the one who pointed this out. He's like, you don't have to drive two hours to go to the Everglades. You don't have to do all these extraordinary things to get into nature. Nature is all around you. You just have to open right. your eyes, you know, and see it. There are so many wonderful feelings that you can evoke. And writing, I really, writers oftentimes we isolate ourselves. And we go in this bubble and it's like, no, writing is supposed to be community oriented, and I'm guilty. I'm, you know, I'm number one guilty. So. Well, I appreciate your your acknowledging that, Ziggy. And it, you know, Ziggy, you mentioned already that you share the things that inspire you to write. Who or what inspires you to write besides nature? Let's take it. Let's take a person. Is there anyone in particular who inspires you to write? And Emily already, but perhaps is there someone else? perhaps who may also inspire I have a couple authors, my heroes. Number one, I have to mention my professor, Denise Duhamel, who mm. she was really inspiration. I don't know if you met Denise, but she was, in, and she was really, really the first one to tell me, 
that what I'm writing is not really poetry. And she was the one to, to, teach, to introduce me to Mary Oliver, to get me to really question my word choices. She's really the one that really molded me. And she's part of the reason why I'm going to pursue a master's in creative writing <clears throat> in Commerce College. She had a lot to do with my, my journey. I had a, uh, I have a friend, his name is Dwight Nimblet, so shout out to Dwight, who also <laughs> was the water bearer of this journey of, of writing, who encouraged me to write. Um, authors, I said Emily Dickinson, Mary Oliver, and now I'm meeting through books Natalie Goldberg, who talks about a Zen approach to writing and to, to writing practice, and to having a routine and to always be writing, writing, writing. Well, I appreciate hearing all those. There's so many incredible people, both alive and who have passed on, who have inspired you. Here's a question coming in from Hollywood, Florida, Ziggy. You've inspired another question. Tina, thank you for listening to our show. Here's the question, Ziggy. Ziggy, what is the benefit of obtaining a degree in creative writing versus no degree and instead still attempting to write a book? Well, I think from the perspective of a degree, it just depends on your career path. I love to write, and I enjoy, and I love to teach people to write. I I had a workshop at Miami-Dade College, Inter-American Campus, where I introduced my coworkers, my fellow tutors, my boss, into erasure poetry, you know, Mm. and that's something that I, I want to, do those those are the kind of classes and workshops that I want to lead, and for my career goal, I need the degree. But if if mm-hmm. you're writing a book and you already have met your career goals, then perhaps the degree is not for you. I think it's a great response, Ziggy. And I'll just add t- to onto what Ziggy said, Tina. Tina, folks, for instance, uh, Ziggy and I we have creative back creative writing backgrounds, English backgrounds. This is what we want to do and who we are. And there is a benefit conventions of the writing process, the creative writing process, by obtaining the degree, which always gives you an upper edge in the publishing world. However, if you're writing about other things that are outside of the creative bounds, such as self-help books, which still has a creative element to them, but, or you're writing books on finance or in business affairs leadership, where they may have more of an academic scope. One doesn't need a degree in creative writing to produce in those areas, but one will need nonetheless an expertise. And those expertise, the expertise will help guide the narrative where it will go. And I, I, I do agree. I, I think that you have to get in where you fit in. But I do say that those who go for, for MFAs, they have an extra added value because you're really honing in not only, it's not, all, always, it's not only about the understanding the creative writing process, but understanding your process. Would you agree, Ziggy? Understanding who you are and how, and how you develop and what your choice is, that will emanate from that program. I think so. Again, that's how I met Professor Duhamel, because although right. the, one, the program was wonderful, I got to Sabrina, uh, Sabrina Harrington, who was the park ranger who let us out. She was an inspiration. And Anne McCurry Sullivan, who was a poet that was leading our expeditions into the Everglades and inspiring us with prompts. We were doing a lot of, like, writing, but we weren't editing. So that's something that you will learn in an right. MSA program, you, you'll learn about being a critical editor and so forth that you may not get outside of a program. 
Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And folks, you're listening live to Ziggy Pastor, author and poet extraordinary, right here on Everyday Folks Radio. If you'd like to speak to her or me, please call us at 347-539-5372. Although I must admit, the email lines are buzzing, Ziggy. I have five more questions for you that are coming in. And we're going to try to get to them, folks. But if you have questions, comments, or requests, if you'd like to get, in, get into us before we end in the next half hour, the email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolks with an S, listen, at gmail.com. Before I get to the question, maybe I have a question for you. What do you feel um, are the greatest phobias or fears of beginning writers? What are you, what's your opinion on that? Ah, uh, fears. Fear is the enemy of faith. Faith in yourself. When, when you fear that you're not good enough, that you're not, because this is sometimes something that I too struggle with, you know, and, and I'm sure you do too, Billy. Oh, man, yep. what I wrote was fear. I'm afraid that this is no good, that this is not any good. Like, what, what is this that I put together? I think a lot of beginning writers are afraid that they're not any good, but I think that if you keep writing and keep editing and keep questioning and keep writing and keep practicing, I think you'll overcome that fear because fear turns into routine. And then routine can turn into faith in yourself and the belief in yourself. You know, Ziggy, I'm going to quote you. I love that line. (laughs) That line. I mean, you should put that on a T-shirt. I'll be honest. You should put that on a T-shirt because it's very true. We could be our own worst enemy. And if, especially as writers, as much as we are critics of the world, we, therefore we take it into our own and we, we, we fashion it into our own a verbal likeness, much is the case of others who are worse. And there are going to be critics out there, but you can't let that stop you from your goal. And if you have a voice and, and you have something you'd like to express to the world, express it. And I, I love what you said there when it comes to fear. You can't let it, it'll stifle you. It'll keep you up at night. And, mm. and then there will be no progress. So I, I, I appreciate your comment. I have a question for you, Ziggy. It's here from Raul. Raul, who is actually not from here. He's from Orlando, Florida. So thank you for listening up in Central Florida, Raul. Here's the question, Ziggy. Ziggy, have you ever spent a night out camping and then wrote about your experience? I'm thinking of doing that in the near future. Well, I have. Ooh. I have. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I mm-hmm. spent a, a month uh, journey learning about the Everglades, and our expedition culminated with four nights um, canoeing in the backcountry of the Everglades. It's called 10,000 Islands. Hmm. We went with park ranger Sabrina Diaz, and with Outward Bound. Outward Bound is a very old organization based out of South or North Carolina, and they uh, specialize in teaching people about the wilderness since the 1800s. Mm. So they, uh, wow. they let us out. They brought us on wonderful camping gear. I actually have a video of explaining more about my journey in the Everglades on my website. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, share it. Please share it's it. It's called www. 
Diary of a Bottled with a D, Diary of a Bottled Blonde.wordpress.com. And you're welcome to watch the video uh, learning more about the expedition and what the expedition was about. And yes, I have written a lot of things have come out of that wonderful expedition. Like I said, um, in the mornings we get up with the sun. We actually slept. How we slept was very interesting because in the 10,000 islands, there will mm-hmm. be, it's 10,000 times 10,000 islands of mangoes, which you can't really camp. The first night, oh. we, uh, we, we didn't make it, we didn't leave early enough because we were putting together all the gear and whatnot, and it took a long time to launch. So we spent the night in a mangrove cove on canoes. We tied the six canoes together. And underneath the canoes, there were wooden boards that we pulled out. And mm-hmm. it was a very tedious process. I really don't know how we were able to tie up those canoes and make a makeshift campground with anchor and the wooden boards because we slept on top of six hard wooden boards. That was our night. And then we slept in a cocoon of, like, mosquito nets and uh, sleeping bags. Wow. Did that work? Sleeping in the, the cocoon of, 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 of all those things, did it keep the mosquitoes away? It did. It just in the morning that you forgot that there were a, a horrible nocebos that they attacked me. Then in the morning you have to unpack and put everything away. But it did. I didn't feel any mosquito bites. And I was so tired I could have been attacked by anything. <laughs> we had been rolling for like six hours. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I'm going to pass out. And you do. You pass you pass out under the stars, hearing the birds, the owls, and the night noises. And I have a poem I love to share about one of my evenings there. Would you please read? Would you please, by all means, folks, you're, you're about to live. Vicky's going to read one of her works inspired by her ex. Please read, please. This one is called "Let Evening Come," and this is the most I tried with like a a set rhyme pattern, and you'll see it as I go along. Let evening come. Let her tide wash over. A dusk sun sets bright yellow, turns the sky pink. Let evening come. Let her tide roll in. Let birds take flight. Pelicans, herons, storks return home. Let evening come. Let her weary tide set in 10,000 islands. Let her sequence show. Oh, wow. I love your use of personification. Evening took this very particular feminine role. And wow, that was beautiful. Is that published or is that one of the collection of works that you're going to be publishing at some point? I am going to be publishing that poem at some point. That's more likely it's going to be in my upcoming book, Particles Mm -hmm. of Light. And I wanted to read another poem that I wanted to dedicate to our friend Donald um, because he had asked a very interesting question about where we can find nature and how to write Mm -hmm. about nature. Donald, this is for you if you're still listening Ziggy has a poem that she'd like to salute you with. Go for it, Ziggy. Royal Flamenco Dancer. Royal red-orange flowers 
dance amidst the bluest of skies in a powerful brasio of your branches. Royal Poinciena, flamenco dancer of the trees, the seer of the city, the oracle of the squirrels that playfully zigzag their way into your branches. Your trunk frozen in an elegant and graceful flamenco dance waves goodbye to a setting sun just behind your branches. The night crickets ready their instruments on your branches. Daily you dance a silent flamenco in the breeze. I wonder who dares look deeper to see beyond your dance. I love that one. And that one too is not, it's not published yet. No, no, this is all, I'm giving you a, a prelude of what's going to be in my book. So you guys are oh. reading and hearing the poems before they're published. Now, when, the reason I chose to read this poem was really, it was about a beautiful tree. I don't know if you've ever been in the Aventura Circle. Yes, I have. This is a tree dedicated to that circle. And my wonderful significant other, he pointed it out. He had talked about it. And I also want to dedicate this piece to him as well because it's his favorite poem. He loves this poem. And it was really an assignment piece that I received from my MFA uh, program Mm -hmm. to write about Mm -hmm. something abstract, to write about an an object. And I chose the tree. It was such a beautiful tree. And since Donald wants to get out and write, I, I encourage him and I inspire him to do so. And this is right in the middle of suburbia, so to speak. Hmm. Let's hear it. So writing is, and and nature is all around us. And this tree was there. You just have to be paying attention. You know, I I, I couldn't help but think of this. You know, and there, folks, I know your questions are going to get to them. But I couldn't help but think of the fact that part of the life, what you're creating here, I, the title itself, when I listened, when I when I first read it, when you, when we chatted, I realized that the title itself, I was thinking, wait a minute, maybe it's going to talk about take us to the sky, or give us some other view. But then actually now it's actually historical, and it's actually symbolic of something so much more. Perhaps I could be, and help me understand the title, Particles of Light. Is it giving us a macro view of what the what nature is as we look down upon it? Are you looking within, or are you doing a combination? So where did the title come from, and what inspired it? What inspired it is my obsession with light, I suppose. Mm. Um, I love the light. I love the daylight. I love what happens in the daylight, and I love what happens in the dark. Mm. And... And I, I, it's it's really an exploration of nature and and looking at every single particle, you know, and and really just exploring. And to me, a poem is a particle of light. It's a photon. Yeah. It, it, it mm-hmm. it's it's an illumination on a thought, and it's like it's okay to you. You might see this poinciana tree, this beautiful royal poinciana tree. But to mm-hmm. me, I see a dancer, a flamenco dancer, right? When they move their arms. You know, you ever seen a flamenco dance? Yeah. They're moving their arms and they're stomping their feet and they look so elegant and so proud. That's what I see when I see this tree. So, uh, uh, 
as I, as you speak, Biggie, I close my eyes and I can, as you read your work, I can close my eyes and visualize and it to another place. And I, there's such a calm in your writing, which is so evident one is immersed in nature or synonymous one is immersed in nature. So I appreciate that about you. And if you're able to convey that, we're doing this interview live, folks, remotely. She and I are in two different distinct locations. You're able to translate that through the microphone here. Imagine, folks, if you got a chance to see her and read at her book release, hint, hint, a part of the light when it comes out in the future. Imagine what you'll get inspired by reading her work, taking Biggie's book and reading it out in nature. That in itself would be unique and compelling, and it will par- help people arrive at the true essence of what you're about. I just had to share that because you're, you're very calming, and I like what you're about. And I also must admit, we have 20 minutes left, Biggie, and I have like we eight do? questions. We do. 20 minutes left, and there are eight questions, like six to eight questions that I need to get in. So let's see if we can knock some out. So this next question comes from Maria, who also resides in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for listening, Maria. Ziggy, here's your question. I am told that I'm a good writer, but I have fears of rejection and failure. Any tips on what I should do to overcome these challenges? Okay. Um, What is the base of your fear? I think you need to explore what, what is it that you're afraid of? What exactly is causing you to fear? Because to me, writing is a compulsion. I can't help it. You know, it's like somebody says something, somebody does something, and then boom, I'm inspired. Or I see a tree and I'm already like, I'm off and running. So I think, like I said earlier, fear is the opposite of faith. You have to have a little faith in your talent and faith into what people are telling you. Perhaps you might want to jump into a critique group in your area. The Florida mm-hmm. State Poets, since you're a, you're, you're a Florida citizen, they have an, I believe they have a chapter or should have a chapter near your area. And you can just go on Google, Florida State Poets, Orlando area, and, and see if you can link up with a group. I think you need community with other writers. I think that will also help you as well joining up, linking up with a group. If not through there, then maybe Meetup has a poetry group in your area that you can link up, and and you can explore these other fears with like-minded individuals that share the same compulsion. And the next thing, I suggest you read Natalie Goldberg's Writing Down the Bones, Writing Down mm-hmm. the Bones by, by Natalie Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful book will give you wonderful observations and peace of mind in your writing. Um, and when you're writing, I encourage you to just write. Don't worry about rejection letters. We all get them. Okay? Mm-hmm. F. Scott Fitzgerald received a whole bunch for his The Great Gatsby was denied. Um, so many writers were denied before they were approved. Uh, Anne, Rind, Anne Rand, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, you know, just in just just in name too. Um, Emily Dickinson was never published in her time, save for a few poems. Mm-hmm. And we still love her. May Oliver didn't win the Pulitzer Prize in Literature until her third or fourth book. Um, many of her first books were flops. 
So don't worry about what people are saying. Just write. And and through that writing, be inspired by your own incredible talent and story. And knowing that you're contributing to an incredible community of other independent thinkers who feel the same way too. I love what you said, Ziggy. Thank you so much. Here's another question coming from Donna from Jacksonville, Mississippi. Jackson, excuse me, Jackson, Mississippi. Sorry, Donna. <laughs> Here's her question. Ziggy, how do you overcome writer's block? Do you ever get it? I I do. When I'm trying to write a poem um, and I'm doing research or something like that, when I get writer's block, I just like, okay, time to put down the pen and do something else. And then I go do something else, whether it's a shower or having coffee or going for a walk or walking my dog. I step away from what I'm doing, give myself a brain break, and I may not get back to the writing for another day or two. That's that's what I do. I just try to get away because if I'm forcing it, inspiration cannot be forced. Creativity cannot be forced. You know, I just take a break. And even if I still want to write, I may, instead of doing a poem that day, I'll just do a journal entry. I'll look up writing prompts online. There's wonderful compendium of writing prompts, and I'll complete a writing prompt in, instead of writing a poem. Oh, that's smart. That's very smart. And so every day, Ziggy, you're writing. Every day. Pretty much. Pretty much. Good. I write very, pretty much every day. Very good. Well, here's another question. And this one actually is a very interesting one. So I'm going to read it slowly. Okay, Ziggy? Okay. This one's from John, who resides in Denver, Colorado. Thank you for listening, John. And also in a different time zone. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Ziggy, for a great show. I work in the outdoor retail industry. It's shifting. As younger generations mature, there's a decline in the interest to go camping and other natural activities like hiking and mountain biking. Do you think your writing could help stimulate new interest in these times? Well, I sure hope so. I sure hope that more people will want to get out and see these wonderful sites for themselves. I really want to encourage people that live in South Florida to get out to visit the Everglades, you know, to get out and visit your local parks. You know, man, if I was living in Colorado, you wouldn't catch me indoors. You know? But that's just me. I really enjoy being out in nature because I feel like nature really teaches you something about yourself that you didn't know. Um, it gives you a certain peace, a certain understanding. And I do hope that my writing gets that out, and I hope it's also like a call to awareness that we need to conserve these nature places. We need to encourage young folks to get out there, minorities, everybody, just to get out there and enjoy nature for themselves, to see these wonderful sights. Now, if I may, I would like to share a poem of some of the wonderful of feelings that you get from nature, nature as a, a, a solace. Um, a refuge from the harsh world. And it's dedicated to Wendell Berry, who has a similar poem. This is my ode to him in a sense. When despair for the world visits me, I head into the garden to walk among the proud red lilies. I reach out and feel their essence just beyond my fingertip. When I despair of the world, 
I take a walk in the fields. I feel the grass on my ankles. I watch it played like strings by the wind. When I despair of the world, I go to the live oaks that call to me. I pass fallen timber. See the mushroom and moss flourish from that death. I listen to water trickling from the pond. Watch the hummingbirds sip nectar from the orange Susanna flowers. I enter into the silent language of nature. Do you hear it? And you end with a beautiful question. A beautiful question. Oh, wow. Folks, in fact, I'll share this, Ziggy. Jean-Pierre, who lives in Davie, Florida, he asks a question that kind of relates to what you've already responded to regarding from from Donald. He asked the following. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read it out because I think it's beautiful. It's a a compliment as well as a question. Thank you, Ziggy, for pursuing writing interests that connect to nature. We are privileged to live in South Florida where we can enjoy nature on an annual and season-less basis. Ever thought of convening a group of other nature writers to write a book or produce a website? Oh, that's different. Well, it's along the same lines as as Donald. Um, Again, I invite listeners um, that we, I I would love for us to get out there and get to nature and maybe come up with, with a book or a website or anything like that. I would, I would love that. I've been trying to get people to get it to do so. Um, I would love that. I think that would be a great invitation. I invite you guys. Shoot Billy an email, and Billy will let me know. <laughs> I will um, read them absolutely. And Ziggy all, and Jump here, I'm not sure if you may have heard in the earlier part of the show, she already placed a call out, if not the challenge to us all, for those who are interested and inspired to eight of our activities in nature, revolving writing, let's do it. And, and so shoot me an email that goes back to you too, Donald. You now got not only their question answered, but you also form dedicated to you. <laughs> so definitely we want you both to be part. And since you both reside here in South Florida, we can make this happen. So do let us know of, of your interest and shoot me an email confirming your availability and we'll make that happen. I'll bridge you directly to, to Ziggy. Ziggy, we have 10 minutes left, and there are three questions I want to get in, okay? The next okay. question is from Monrovi, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She says, great show, Ziggy. Your photo on the promo is amazing. What inspired it? It's so distinct, and you're very photogenic. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, again, I have to give a shout-out to my lovely boyfriend, Jose Gomez, who took the picture Really? Um, he he took the picture, and uh, we were at an event, a photography event, and you can rent those venues out. He does the lighting show with um, AVTC Designs, and, and they, they put all the lights out and together, and then he asked me to go and help him network, and I saw the typewriter. I said, I just have to take a quick picture with the typewriter, and that's just kind of how it happened. It was so, it was like organic. It's just, oh, Cool typewriter. Let me take a picture. I actually do own my own typewriter, though. Oh, wow. Electric or, or manual? It's an IBM from 1980s. He paid $5, and I saw wow. it online for 300 <laughs> So Oh, wow. I, yeah. 
But I, I, I like the, 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 I think that one, the one in the picture is from the 1920s. It's very, very old. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought it was really interesting when I sent it to you. But I want to mention on, on an aside, when Despair for the World, I actually wrote that poem in July on a trip to Colombia. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this poem in Bogota. I started this poem in Bogota because a lot of the the listeners have been asking, how do I finish? How do I get writer's box? Yeah. And I started this poem, never finished it because I got horrible writer's block. And I wrote many, many others, forgot about it, and then I revisited it. And then I finished it sometime, I think, in November. So hmm. I just wow. had to walk away from it. And it just turned itself around, and I perfected it. I feel I got it as close to perfection as I wanted um, when I was applying for Converse. This was part of the package poems that I sent them. Wow, wow, wow. And Nilsson, Florida, asked the following question. My nine-year-old daughter is very fascinated about nature and often draws and writes stories about it. I want to help her cultivate her writing side. Any suggestions, Diggy or Billy, on what to do with her to encourage her potential growth? Um, I think, like I said, in community, finding a group, I, I think taking her out to places and Googling cool things to do with them. There, I'm sure there are after-school programs as well. There's Young Arts mm-hmm. Foundations, um, the Knight Foundation in our area that yeah. – um, that offers such programs, and it's really important to encourage her, sign her up for uh, contests, things like that. Fairchild Tropical Gardens has once a year a contest, and, and find out about that and see where else you can plug her in and see if your local library is offering <clears throat> any kind of activities for, for nine-year-olds. I'll, you know, I'll add, Ziggy. All of those I agree. And in addition, summertime is coming. And I know colleges right. like Broward College and Miami Day College, you're here right here at Nilsa in Miami. They offer camps for kids. And the camps have become specialized over the years. I'll give you an example. There's the rock camp where students who want to be write be musicians and write lyric poetry that they can later trans um, compose with they can take a full six week camp and at the end Form a live show or have artists perform their work in a, in a live show. As well as I know at Broward College, there is a, a horror camp where kids can learn special effects of making horror makeup and things. And they take this in a camp. And I say to kids today, there's so many things to do. Wow, being a kid today, there's so many options, especially when it comes to creative writing and, and all these creative arts. So, just in addition, you want to say something, Ziggy? I'm sorry. No, really, I agree. There's so many things available. I think those are great. They, I wish I were a kid. Right? Exactly. Right? I, there's so much. And if you live in South Florida, there's really no excuse. So, Neil, so, there are tons of things. Visit any of those colleges, do a Google search, and shoot an email, and I'll bridge you as well to, to Ziggy. Let us know what you're doing because as we meet, People, they ask these questions. We want to also be a support to them as well. So thank you. And here's the last question for you. You know, Ziggy, I had all these cool questions for you, so I wanted to ask you. The first one's going to be 
Natalia, and the second one will be our closing. But Natalia from Winter Haven, Florida, asked the following. What do you think our three essential skills or talents a writer should have? Three essential skills. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a tough a, one. Yeah. But I have, a, I have a thing. Apathy? No, I said I have I, to that one. <laughs> I think a lot of people may want to hear the first one being talent. I think talent happens with practice. Yeah. So number one, essential, you have to be stubborn. Hmm. You know, you have to have a certain degree of tenacity and stubbornness to just want to pursue something, you know, to... You need to have stubbornness, a vision, because when I was a kid and I was 13 years old, you know, a little girl left in the library becomes a poet. I wanted to be an artist, you know. I had that tenacity, that stubborn, that vision way back when I was 13. And I knew I can't draw. I can't draw to save my life, and you don't want me to sing. So <laughs> I I always had that vision. So that is the two essential things. So it's tenacity, um, a vision, and a plan, a plan of action. In order for you to be a successful writer, you need to write. You can't want to be a writer and not write anything. You know, you have to read. You have to figure out where it is that you want to go. Do you want to finish a book? Do you want to have a small book, which is also known as a chat book of poems or, or whatever it is? You have to have a plan and, and, and an action, and you know you have to write every day. You have to, if it means getting up early for work, or staying late after work and working on a writing piece, whatever it is, you have to have those three things. It's like a recipe. You have to be stubborn enough to pursue this. You have to see it in your in your in your mind's eye, and a plan to keep you going when you feel like, oh man, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. What do you think, Billy? I, I I agree. I, I think what you just offered was just right on, and and and, and in truth, it's it, those. You know something else that it goes back to that fear factor. Just do it, do it. Mm-hmm. And I think so often we put off and we delay things because of the fear or the assumptions of others. And for mm-hmm. once, you have to dive in, be you, and and don't let time pass because it will do just that. If you're not careful. And then years back, you look back on the roads of regret, and what, what did, how did it work out for you? And I see and I realize over and over that we, people just delay themselves. And I appreciate so much, Ziggy, what you've offered today. You've offered so many insights from, from works to one of my favorite phrases by you. It cannot be forced. I wrote that down, by the way. And Say it again, it's, I'm it's, sorry? Inspiration cannot be forced. And so uh-huh. that was from you, quoted by Ziggy Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say thank you, Ziggy, for being on the show. You know this is not the last time you're going to be here. A couple months ago, I had my dear colleague, who was so awesome as well, Ricky Dorn, on the show. Mm-hmm. Other writers who just come in and light up the place. You know I'm bringing you back because we have to support Particle of Lightiness Release in anything else that you're doing. And so I'll ask that you do me a favor, and that is, Shoot me your information um, in terms of how the folks can stay in touch with you. I'll connect it onto my webpage. 
so that folks can stay in touch with you. And of course, those of you who just listened to the show, I know we're cutting down to the last 20 seconds, but we'll make sure to provide the, this, the, the, the archive of this show will be available in the website within the next six hours. Ziggy, any final quick words? 10 seconds. Well, just make sure to email Billy about the Nature Group if you guys are interested. Thank you so much, everybody, from Denver to everywhere to Georgia for the wonderful comments and the feedback. We appreciate you listening. Uh, visit my website, floridapoet.wordpress.com, for more stuff that's happening. It's Florida, the whole world, floridapoet.wordpress.com. And I hope you guys will shoot an email to Billy and we can stay in touch. And we will, and you've been awesome. And, folks, you just heard it here for the past hour, the amazing Ziggy Pastor. Check her out on BillyPaulJones.com and right here, the follow-up archive of the show. Thank you for listening, and tune in next week for other additional programming. This coming Saturday is a conversation with my colleague, uh, Anike S., on Journey into Passion, who is celebrating her one-year anniversary. So come to the show. Thank you for listening time. Take care of yourself. You will too. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.